This week's episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Hymns and Robinhood. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week is Justin Davis. Scoop. Tom Marks is here. Hello. And clearly Canadian, CJ Gibson. What's happening? Who is just a treasure trove of interesting facts about Canada. <laughs> mm-hmm. They just keep rolling out. Uh, Justin, you, were, you weren't here last week, right? Yeah. Oh, we learned so much. We did. Uh, and then, Tom, it's been a while since you've been on the show. Yeah. Are you aware that in Canada, milk comes in bags? Uh, only because that discussion spread mm-hmm. through the office like wildfire yeah. last week. Still yeah. going on, actually, yeah. right now. And then last week, we learned that uh, in order to win a contest in Canada, mm-hmm. you can't win unless you solve uh, a math problem. Absolutely. Skill-based testing question. Yeah. Yeah. And order of operations... Extremely important. <laughs> yeah, so Very important. when they won when they won twenty questions last week, we gave CJ a math problem, <laughs> and we thought he had uh, solved it. But then uh, people brought up this order of operations, which I actually have well, no memory of. Had had mass, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, M-Dos. yeah, and, and, and whatever. Man. Yeah, <laughs> and basically what it boils down to is, yeah, there's a bunch of rules, and typically in a lot of skill based testing questions, you find parentheses and brackets yeah, around the things you're you supposed to do in first. The parentheses yeah, first, but, and you do multiplication first. Yeah, yeah. exactly. About but extent. when Sam was telling it to me i was just <laughs> doing it on the fly and everybody's like hey hey it's like internet you are right <laughs> you are very right i have no memory of learning about oh yeah order of operations yeah uh and then today just today cj was describing something to me from canada that sounded an awful lot like a capri sun and then he said what's a capri sun <laughs> no idea mini sip that's the bag <laughs> i'm not joking it's a small pouch bag that looks similar to the milk and you poke a straw in it yeah and yeah then you have a sip you're describing a caprice that's style. a mini sip <laughs> that's a mini sip all the canadians out there you know what i'm talking about mini sip milk i comes really in hope bags. it's just you i mean i i know that it's not because there's people in comment sections going absolutely yeah, yeah. but <laughs> but it, capri sun i need to now search what that is the thing about canada is if it were more different from the united states it'd be like yeah. okay fine like there's different cultures around the world that yeah. eat different things and do different things but it's like this weird like slightly twisted yeah. version Sounds of the very United similar, States. similar. Yeah. But. A little different. But then everybody they justify not milk bags are everywhere in Canada. I think they are mostly in Ontario and the far far east in Nova Scotia, Newfoundland. Yeah. Fact. CJ tried to get some milk in a bag delivered here this week. <laughs> Seemed like a special episode. Couldn't make it happen. Yeah, I tried. That would have been pretty great. Uh, anyway, we've got a great show for you this week. We're going to talk about Borderlands 3. We're going to talk a little bit about what we've been playing recently. But first, I pose a question to you, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Are pre-owned video games over? Oh. Were they not already? First, some stats. <laughs> oh, you think they're already already? Ooh, Tom, shade. <laughs> first, some stats. GameStop, uh, probably the, the preeminent seller of pre-owned games, yeah. at least mm-hmm. here in the U.S., uh, they just posted a $673 million loss. For their, How is that ouch. possible? For their fiscal year ouch. 2018 that just ended. And that's so much money. Biggest yeah. loss in the company's history by far. How much money is that per minute? Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, and that's it. what's crazy is that they actually last year sold their division um I think they call it Spring Mobile. They had a division of uh, like mobile phones and stuff, and they actually yeah. sold that part off for seven hundred million dollars. So wow. this loss is in spite of that. Uh, their loss would have been well over a billion dollars if they hadn't made that sale. And, and they've attributed it to something here. Uh, well, hardware hardware sales are down, yeah. software sales are down, and pre-owned game sales are down. Naturally. That's the, that's everything that they do. <laughs> that's <laughs> what I'm thinking. Exactly. They also sell Funko Pops. Okay. Well, that's, yeah. that's the thing is, Massively. I feel like maybe a lot of that loss is also them 
buying different inventory because if I if you've been mm. in a GameStop in the last year or two, they've filled it to the brim with just, just like tons of toys, Funko and shirts, Pop t-shirts, and Funko hats. Pops, all but they don't stuff. have a chance. Like you can't download a Funko Pop, <laughs> right? So exactly. they see the writing on the wall. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They also own ThinkGeek. Right, right, they right. Own it. Yeah, outright. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would think Think Geek does okay. Yeah. I mean, so it's weird. To me, this feels like a blockbuster in waiting. This is mm-hmm. kind of like I think so too. how do you actually 100%. operate a brick and mortar or store? Or a Toys R Us. Or a Toys R Us or anything like that. Yeah, except, like overhead. Except GameStop.com. They sell a lot of video games over the internet. Right. And the the shift to physical goods in their stores, um, I, man, that's challenging. Yeah. But at least that gives them a fighting chance to like evolve into some kind of like Hot Topic esque. That's the direction Spot. they're going. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I wonder should, if their store should just be gate Think Geeks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my my head that way. That could be. That could work. Yeah. Did you know they used to be Funko Land? I actually don't think I realized mm. that Funko Land oh. turned into GameStop in like 2000. Oh, I thought really? they like got bought out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. You um, notice that the GameStop logo is exactly like the Smashburger logo. Yeah. <laughs> or or maybe it's the other way around. <laughs> yeah. I don't know which came first. Throws me for a loop every time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Font. Pre-owned game sales are down 13% at uh, GameStop. The reasons for this, I think, are many. Uh, fewer gamers are trading in their products, so therefore there are fewer secondhand games to sell. Mm. Yeah. You know, uh, there's a decline in physical sales overall. People are buying digital more and more. Yep. And then there's, of course, everything is a game as a service now. Everything is designed to be a game that you don't trade in. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, of the of the top 10 best-selling games of 2018, only two were traditional single-player games that you would play through once and put away. They were Spider-Man and God of War. You remember right. when uh, we went through that period, <clears throat> I, I don't know, maybe five, ten years ago, where games would come with codes mm-hmm. in the box mm-hmm. that would give you, like, sometimes it was something small, like one extra multiplayer map, yeah. and yep. it, was just, it was just there, and it was a in the box. in or something. Yeah, yeah, and it was sort of like, what's the point of this? And the point was to uh, disincentivize used game sales. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They yeah. couldn't, um, there was some pressure to like turn it off entirely, like the used games market, let's just get rid of it, you know, outlaw it. And they said, okay, we can't do that, but instead we'll give people stuff with the new copy that then once it gets used up, the used copy is less valuable. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that. That was the idea of the season pass too. Yeah, absolutely. And it's weird too. I even think when it comes to trade-in value though, that was always the issue, right? You buy these games at retail for what? 60, 70 bucks. And then when you trade them back in, you get what for them? Like what do you oh, actually yeah. get yeah, back? You get Nothing. 11 cents. Yeah, and, so, so. and it was such a transparently like unfair system absolutely. because you would buy a game for $60, go to GameStop, Sell it for at best 10. twenty, yeah, right? 20 if max. it's a new game that's really popular, twenty, and then you'd look at the shelf, and right next to you, it was being sold yeah. for fifty-five well, used, and it was like, wait a minute. Yeah. But like now, you buy a game for sixty on Steam or the Epic Game Store, and then you can never get any right, money. Right. Like, then, yeah. then you can't give it. You can't loan it to anybody. You can't sell it. Yeah. You can't do anything with it. Yeah. Steam has family sharing, but still. Mm-hmm. And, I and still wish there was a way to lend digital games. Oh, be for like, sure. take this out of my library, give it to somebody else temporarily, and they can give it to me back later. Yeah. I think that, I, I mean, I feel like the early um, version of what Xbox One was trying to do at launch had some of that stuff a little bit baked into it, or they were attempting to do that. And people mm-hmm. kind of revolted, like, oh, only online mm-hmm. only. No, thank you. What if, what if but, you could just sell digital games? What if I have some $60 game in my Xbox library, Xbox credit me credits me 30 bucks, and then they sell that game to somebody for, you know, then it's like you can buy a used digital copy for 50 <laughs> yeah. bucks. 
just think like from a currency standpoint, it makes sense in our brains, but it there, what's the incentive for Microsoft, PlayStation, Nintendo, or yeah. anybody to do this when, mm -hmm. I mean, the, the Nintendo's the one that I laugh at the most. How often we've joked about this expensive being a Nintendo owner. Have you bought Mario and every platform again yeah. and again and again at some astronomical price? I mean, I love it and I always do it, but I, I don't think that would ever come into play for that reason. Mm. It's It's been really tragic for me, actually, to watch the slow death of GameStop because, really? yeah, because I, I remember I used to bike to my local GameStop pretty much every weekend mm. and that was how I found games was you know, reading sites like IGN, but also just browsing and looking at boxes and yeah. talking to the customers, the yeah. people who work there. Because a lot of the time, you know, GameStop gets a lot of crap, but like a lot of the times the people who at GameStop will have really good things, at least my GameStop will like know about games and be able to talk about them. And as a kid growing up and like, I, I didn't have that with a lot of people and it was super cool. Like I, I invented my signature at GameStop because I didn't learn cursive and I didn't know how to sign my name to sell games and the guy was like the GameStop employee was like just write your name without lifting your pen and I was like okay and that's how I Whoa. learned that's Family how it comes to GameStop employees are teaching our kids how to write in cursive yeah like that's that's so I have a lot of I I, I don't know I, it's a it's a bummer to see this sort of like bleeding out because there's, there's really definitely a like community it. hangout aspect of yeah. like you know you know the internet is such now that you can find people that are into what you're into but like yeah. back Back in the day, that wasn't quite as easy, and sometimes you didn't have anybody to talk about video games with, or a place where you felt like, yes, I'm amongst my people. Yeah, and like a GameStop <laughs> could kind of fulfill that role. Yeah, they need to have a social lounge. So you guys pitch this idea to them. You need to have some kind of social area, and don't, and don't make it hot topic. Out. Make it like yeah. a like a, a boba place. <laughs> yeah, they serve tea. Yeah. No, instead of coffee or tea, they just have Mountain Dew Gamer Fuel on <laughs> <laughs> draft. Dorito. Some Doritos. Doritos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do think, you know, uh, GameStop is an easy punching bag uh, on the internet, but I do think when it's gone, people will miss it. Absolutely. Like yeah. they do Blockbuster and Toys R Us. I, I, bought, well, I mean, speaking of used games, everyone talks about how obviously that business is outdated. Obviously, GameStop deserves to kind of go away just from a business capitalism you yeah. know, perspective. But when it is gone, like people's ability to turn their used games into cash is going to be really, really hindered. Like. Yeah. Yeah. It, like that's kind of a scary part of it is like some of this is taking care of itself as more as more game sales become digital. But if you have a stack of games, like GameStop is still the best and easiest option to turn that into cash. So the loss of yeah. that is actually just from a consumer gamer standpoint yeah. is unfortunate. Yeah. I think people use eBay. And yeah, it's such a pain. Man. I know, I know. It's it's less convenient, and I think yeah. people are using Amazon more and more. Yeah, absolutely. Amazon does make it easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think a couple other reasons why. Uh, used game sales are down, or legacy game sales, as GameStop calls it, anything that's not a new release, mm. um, is because people have been trained to wait for Steam sales. Mm. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Games go on sale for super cheap. And also PlayStation Plus. Yeah. People just know if it's, like a, free. if it's like a second tier game for them, they'll be, I'll wait. It'll be on PS Plus in yeah. a year. I'll, I'll wait till then. Uh, PS Plus just had uh, the Modern Warfare remaster yeah. on as free. And that was a game that I actually wanted to have and play through, but you needed to buy, I think it was Infinite Warfare, and it was mm. bundled in. I was like, this is fantastic. <laughs> I'm just getting this now, but I would have never bought that probably retail for that reason, right? So. Yeah. I went into a GameStop and bought a physical game just last month, actually, and it was mm. the first time I'd done that what in game? a year. Persona 5. There you go. Because the physical new copy of Persona 5 at GameStop was $20, and for some reason, I believe the digital copy on PSN is 50 Yeah. So, mm, I mean, don't know why less. that is. Yeah, why was it so cheap? That happens with so Switch games a lot. Yeah. Mm. Dustin and I had this conversation. We are mostly digital-only people because mm. of children and kids. No physical media. Dops. Well, yeah, that's right. Breaks. Yeah. <laughs> we call ourselves Dops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for me, I sort of like, I stumbled into it, like... I, 
you know, I'm I'm a big PC gamer, and then I became a big Switch gamer, and I'm digital only on the Switch because it's a portable console, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to have to shuffle a bunch of carts around. So it's like I'm getting squeezed on both ends where, like, the high-end PC gaming is now digital only, and the more, like, casual Switch gaming is now digital only, and then that's just made me decide to tear the Band-Aid off entirely, and yeah. now I'm digital only on the PS4 and Xbox as well. And I think the only question that, you know, for the most part, I would say there's a lot of pros. I think the bigger question is what happens when these systems evolve into the next iteration. Typically, obviously, if you have a cartridge, it's oh, not coming with you. Yeah. Anyway, it's going to be horrible. You're, we're going to have thousands of dollars worth of stuff stuck on Tied you know, old consoles this, that we can't get out, and yeah. the console breaks. Yeah. And, and then what happens? And there's a digital license, and obviously you want that stuff to carry forward, but it does put a lot of power into Microsoft. Microsoft, Apple, Sony, Nintendo's. Oh, that's what you know, they want, right? Which is exactly what they want. The ecosystem. Apple is notorious for uh, doing that very, very well. Yeah. And then who knows what happens uh, if game streaming actually becomes more and more popular, yeah. like Google Stadia. This, yeah. <laughs> There's no pre-owned market there. Yeah. For that I'm stuff. not. I'm not generally opposed to game streaming as a concept of like growing as long as it works, as long as it's fun and seamless. And I have doubts about that, but I'm not opposed to it if it works that way. But man, the game preservation side of the game streaming terrifies me. Yeah. See, Sam's brought, the, brought that up before too, but I don't see the two as being at, at odds. Like, why can't game preservation, like if anything, game streaming, like I'll give you an example. Cuphead uh, speedrunners run an unpatched version of the game because it lets you do some stuff with weapon swapping to play the game in a different way. And so that's just, that's what that scene does is play an older unpatched version. Whereas if you were to download and play that game, you're not getting that version. But a game streaming service could in some ways facilitate that more and better. Like, which version of this game do you want to launch? Like, do you want to launch the black and white version of uh, Link's Awakening or the, you know, the color version of Link's Awakening? The, the counter argument to that, though, is that unless a developer allows that, it's mm-hmm. harder because nobody has – you're not even allowed to download Cuphead. So you can't preserve the version you like unless the developer explicitly lets you. Yeah, the interface is the issue, potentially. Yeah. But, but I agree. Mm. There is potential for that. I just There's nothing inherent to the technology that makes game preservation any worse, like any different. I, except, I guess that, except that the control's outside of, you know, you don't have a local file that right. then you have control over. That's why people are terrified a bit of, like, Microsoft when it was trying to do the UWP stuff where you didn't couldn't have access to any of your files. You couldn't mod anything on PC, mm. and people were really upset. What does UWP stand for? Uh, Universal Windows Platform, wow. I believe. Hmm. I wonder what, like, the very first time I can ever think about this happening is, like, Star Wars, right? With the special editions, where everyone was like, please stop. (laughs) Stop it. Yeah. That is, it is a bummer. An eternal bummer to me that we can't watch the original theatrical releases of Star Wars. Who cares? I do. I just said I do. (laughs) (laughs) Dave, me too. I mean, it does seem odd. Part of it's because I'm not, like, a Star Wars mega fan. But it's like, like, if you were to have someone describe to you the difference between those editions, it would sound like some massive change. And, like, if you watch that movie, like, if my kids watch that movie for the first time, that movie is 98% identical to what it was originally. But those changes are pretty massive in that. It's just it's not a really bad job. <laughs> exactly. And it just, yeah, it, it was indicative of that time period. Like, yeah. I, there's something about that part. And a lot of this is nostalgia based. Like, even talking about game, you know, so going away, Blockbuster, going away. Like, I love Netflix. That was the demise <laughs> of Blockbuster. Would I want Netflix to go away in place of Blockbuster? Absolutely not. I'm glad Netflix won. Yeah. But yeah. It's it's yeah it's hurtful to to say that in a way. But you guys were mentioning selling your uh, digital games. We have a, a question about that specifically from Mike in Manchester, UK. He says, "Hi, Omega Cops. How are you all? Hello. Good. Good. Tom's good. Uh, <laughs> tired but strong. 
Justin is tired but strong. And CJ. Fantastic. See, that's that Canadian optimism. <laughs> Good to go. Says, I was wondering, with us moving apace towards an all-digital future, if you ever think we will have an actual option to trade in digital purchases. I buy a lot of digital games, but for games I know I'm going to play only once and then never again, I tend to still stick to physical copies so I can get money back after completion to put towards the next game. I know Xbox did a survey inquiring about this last year, but the amount offered back was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I personally would like to see something like this. Within two days of purchase, 75% of paid amount back. Within a week, 50%. Within a month, 25%. After a month, 10%. This would give purchasers essentially a two-day grace period to see if they like a game without committing all their hard-earned money and allow avid digital users to still reap some money back for completed games, depending on speed of completion. would love to hear your thoughts. I, I think that's a super cool idea. I think Tom hit the nail on the head. There's absolutely no motivation or reason for businesses to explore this or introduce this, as much as it does make sense from like the player's perspective. You're right. Not for the current platform holders, but a new challenger could enter with that being their whole business model, yeah. which is what Robot Cache is. You guys heard about this? No. no. This is a new storefront from Brian Fargo, creator of In Exile. Uh, he just put out a game last year, a dungeon crawler game. Uh, like Bard's Tale? I think he did the, the most recent Bard's Tale. They're in the mm-hmm. Wasteland games too, right? Uh, I don't remember. Anyway, the whole idea of uh, Robot Cache is a storefront, a digital storefront where you can trade in your games mm-hmm. after you're done with them. And I feel like that would be the only way to sort of make this work is to that's your thing and that's your competitor to Steam and Steam PlayStation Store. refunds for what is it, under two hours of play? Yeah, under two hours. Like I think, EA kind of, has I, I think they have some sort of system to like, if you're doing this constantly, like you'd trip some sort of like alarm and they'd turn it off. But it's kind of like a no questions asked, like under two hours played, you know, you can get a full refund. But like some games, like Gone Home is two hours long. So it's yeah. like... It, it, it has potential to be a little dicey for games that are just designed to be smaller bite-sized experiences. Yeah, and I think a lot of those policies, you're right, it, you would seem like you were abusing it to do it more than once or on a regular basis, which if that becomes potentially something that people are looking into as like a, that is the whole purpose of it, yeah. then that's different. And I think that's where you do have these things that become innovations that feel like, yeah, they're very disruptive forces, but... I mean, that will happen at some point in time. Does that mean that it's not Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, whoever? Like, it, it could be yeah. that, very much that. And that payback model that, that you described uh, is, like, it's a really appealing one for a gamer, but essentially the message it sends to every single game developer ever is if you make a game that can be beaten within a week, your profit's cut in half, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, that's yeah. that's the idea. Unfortunately, that would be the the side effect is it, of it is that you'd only get games that are padded out probably yeah. with content you don't want that take a really yeah. long time just to, like, avoid these re- uh, refund things. That yeah. was the rumor about Stadia as well, um, which is since it's a subscription service and you can play any of these hundreds of games, how does Google decide the payment for yeah. the companies, and it was going to be based off hours played, Oof. which well, makes sense on the face of it, well, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. there's a thousand games on the service. Who, how do you decide how much money you know each company makes? But then, man, that introduces a whole. Yeah, I mean, it's just a rumor, so we'll have to see. Yeah, but like, what if you made a short game? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there's a way to make this potentially work economically. I'm trying to do the math. Like uh, Google, uh, excuse me. Remember to do the order of operations. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, so Steam takes thirty percent, right? So uh, for a <laughs> <Big> six, chunk <laughs> for a sixty dollar game, the the game company makes forty bucks and Steam makes twenty bucks. So I'm trying to do the math on like uh, you could get thirty dollars back for your game, and then they could resell that game key 
and Steam could still make 10 bucks, and the publisher could make the exact same amount that they made before. So obviously if $30 is going back in the hands of the gamer, someone is eating some of that cost. But like the platform holder could do it, and the game maker could still make the exact same amount of money from the used sale that they make now. Mm-hmm. Whereas like a used game sale at GameStop, they make $0 back. Mm-hmm. GameStop keeps all of that. There is something to be said, though, about something physically intangible, which that is the variable that I don't know how to quantify. Like, we're talking digital economics here, and it's this thing that is just there that That's somebody, tough. yeah, charges an arbitrary amount of something for the space, and you have nothing physical in your possession. Mm-hmm. That is something that I don't know. I mean, that, I think, will still linger. And then you think about businesses like Walmart and this and that, and their, their retail space as well is very largely dependent on those things. Like, I don't know how this all goes away. In yeah, there's definitely weird years. stuff to think about. Like, when the Apple App Store launched, no one kind of thought it was going to be a success. It's yeah. just like, oh, you can download apps on your phone. And now entire airports are being built with infrastructure yeah. in place support for that. ride-sharing apps. Yeah. <laughs> like Uber. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. It takes, like, a tremendous change. And, yeah, and it could be a ways still, but... Well, Robot Cache for its part, is supposed to launch into early access soon. from some Shining Force game. Wow. I don't know There you one. go. You guys want to know <laughs> Sam, where are you? <laughs> he would know. You know, thank I guess. Those aren't his cup of tea. <laughs> you want to hear something funny? Sure. I didn't hit record on the camera. Don't even. <laughs> no, we're going fine on audio. Oh, okay. <laughs> but we were we were trying, we were planning to film this episode, and then I just didn't remember to hit record. <laughs> you, can pick, you can pick it back up right now. Just, just uh, they'll jump up there. See, they'll just miss the uh, opening uh, the opening topic. Next week. Right. We'll do it next week. All right. All right. Uh, Borderlands 3. Yeah, mm-hmm. officially announced coming September 13th yeah. this year. Not too far away. Pretty soon. Uh, yeah, and it is now the latest 2019 release date that we know of, September 13th. How do you feel about Borderlands 3? Good. You're feeling good? Yeah. Tom, CJ? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I thought that was the end. I was just, yeah, I just was it. fine with it. We're cool. So, sorry, I, I'm a Destiny guy. I missed Borderlands. Hmm. Uh, but hmm. a lot of people who tell me about Borderlands 2, and from the, I, I'm, I dabbled in it for like a few hours to say I played it, but not experienced it the way it should be played. A lot of people are super excited about it and obviously have fond, fond memories of Borderlands 2. So I definitely want to hmm. give it a shot. It's ahead of its time, man. Yeah. Like deep, it really was. Deep RPG you know, integration into a genre that's not typically it was, known for it. You know, custom classes that you know can I- interact and uh, have interesting sort of combos with each other. Um, yeah. When the first Borderlands was released in whatever, 2008, maybe 2009, uh, it was such a crazy novelty that when you shot people, numbers flew out of them. Exactly. Yeah. And now that's so commonplace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm very excited for three. Hmm. I I'm very uh, the trailer didn't blow me away. Like what they showed of the gameplay didn't blow me away exactly. just because it looked like, hey, more Borderlands. Mm-hmm. But at this point, I think that's what a lot of people want is yeah. just more Borderlands uh, and not the pre sequel, right? Like they want yeah. something a little bit. The pre sequel wasn't terrible, but it was very yeah. much just derivative of two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's cool that you're going to be able to go to other planets. Mm-hmm. They've said mm-hmm. you know and. They're going to have all these – it sounds like they're making some changes to way co-op, loot works, which is cool. I think the – It doesn't it sound It doesn't sound very different. It doesn't sound yeah. super different, mm-hmm. but also I'm, I really liked Borderlands 1 and 2, and I'm really, yeah. really excited just for a modern, more modernized version of that. Yeah. 
I'm I'm hopeful. I hope it turns out great. I loved Borderlands too. Yeah. I just I think one piece of the puzzle people forget is that most of the key people that worked on Borderlands two are no longer at Gearbox. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In terms of the uh, directors and the uh, the writers, they're gone. So it's a new, it's a, basically a new team making the sequel. That doesn't mean it's going to be bad. It's just. Yeah, it's not like a yeah. It's the same guarantee. It's like the philosophical thing we've talked about on the show before. Like if you replace every single part on a robot, you know, one by one, mm-hmm. is it still the same robot? Like, is any of that special sauce or institutional knowledge still within Gearbox that lets them, you know, do a Borderlands three sequel? And if it were truly like a brand new studio, new team, or since most of the constituent parts have been replaced over the years, like I don't know, we'll have to see. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm surprised it's coming out as early as it is, to be honest, yeah. too. I thought that this was going to be beginning of 2020, probably. Yeah. yeah, we've been hearing these rumors for a while, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We know they've, that they've been working on it. And it, it's nice when they uh, announce a game and it's six months away instead Absolutely. of right. years yeah. away. Well, again, we've, we've made, I've made this comparison to An- Anthem, and I, I just hope that the game releases in a functional, stable <laughs> form where it's not now, okay, you have to wait. Because, again, we talk about these service games. That's their challenge. People know that they're there in them for the long haul, and yeah. they feel like they can fix them over time. And that people are, I think, beginning to like wane. With the I think this games. one's doing multiplayer in the right way, though, in the sense that it's a, you know, a little bit more traditional, yes. just sort of right. multiplayer. Like The idea of shared world shooters is so cool, but it is, it's still never really been executed yeah. like, to its fullest potential. And like the the complexity that it introduces to me sort of outweighs what you gain in just like cool gameplay yeah. space possibilities. Oh, yeah. But like, I, I think it's important to to also acknowledge that Borderlands is has never been Destiny. Borderlands has yeah. never been a shared world shooter. That's what it, I mean. Like the not is, doing that I think is an right. asset, not a mm-hmm. liability. Borderlands is I think fundamentally and uh, bear with me here, a single player game that is built around co-op, yeah. right? It is it is a very story-driven experience. It has these very traditional mission structure where you're, you know, you can branch out, it's open world, you explore, but really you're going through a critical path as you do it. And that has always been, and I don't mean to offend you, CJ, no. has always been the, <laughs> not the point of games like Destiny. De- right? Are you talking <laughs> negative of Destiny? Like, I've never heard that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think Borderlands is it inspired those games, but has always done something different. And I'm really excited to now see it come back to that because I've always enjoyed that Borderlands structure more than I did any sort of shared world shooter like Division or Destiny or Anthem. Yeah, I'm not a business boy. Mm. Um, <laughs> so let's get that out of the way first. Hashtag yeah. not a business boy. How long Destiny. ago did Borderlands? What year did Borderlands two come out? Like uh, a, wh- a five, while. Five, six years? Six, I want to say 11 or 12, yeah. 2012. Like, well, maybe, like, oh, man. Overwhelmingly the most successful game Gearbox has ever yeah. made. Yeah. An absolute mega hit across every platform. Yeah, but you play Battleborn? <laughs> but <laughs> All it's right. Like, why? Like, again, not a business boy. <laughs> but like, what? Like, what? Why was Borderlands 3 not in production immediately? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's a good question. They've done a lot of other stuff, like you said, the pre-sequel. But that it was not pre-sequel. Gearbox. Like that was mm. the like well, sort of Arkham Origins version yeah. of it. Mm. You yeah. know, yeah. You know, so that was 2K sort of. Uh, and they have said that it's been in development for like five or six years. Yeah. So maybe, maybe I don't know if that's true though. Like, also, to to be fair, Borderlands 2. 
Borderlands One was well received because it was so novel, but it wasn't yeah. like it didn't. It wasn't blow the, the phenomenon roof. that Two was. Yeah, and then Two with its DLC and mm-hmm. then the shift code stuff they they did. Gearbox supported that game for a really long time, yeah. and I think probably the community and the tail on Borderlands Two we did get a was second, far longer than they expected. We got a second season of DLC, yeah, which mm-hmm. was sort of unplanned. Like the first season they planned for, and it went so well that they sort of made up a new season on the fly. So that did happen. I wouldn't be surprised if they genuinely didn't expect it, mm. right? Yeah, September 18th, 2012. That's a long, a long time ago. seven yeah. years. Yep. Is yeah. it coming out September 18th? Is that what you said? September 13th. Okay, so all, exactly seven years later. Yeah. It's kind of, I mean, it's fine. It was better now than never, but yeah. it's kind of <laughs> too long. I don't it's know. People, people seem really excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, you do have that, like, the further you are away from it, the more excitement builds in a way. I mean, especially if you That's haven't true. overstayed your welcome. I mean, I, I don't know of a single person who is not excited. It's weird. So, Brian Malkowitz, big Borderlands fan, mm-hmm. um, he basically was saying the same thing you said. The trailer didn't really do a whole lot from him, but it's more Borderlands, and you know yeah. he's excited after for seven that. years. That's what you want, right? Yeah. You just want to know it exists. Yeah. I think you get a little bit of a pat. Like if this were a sequel coming out three years later and it was more the same, I feel like it'd be people would be more upset about that than yeah, seven totally. years later. They're like, well, okay, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I think that's the case. But again, we haven't seen much of the actual gameplay, so it's hard to be like, well, maybe it's just more of the same. When it's like, maybe they added guns with legs, right? Like, what yeah. else did they change? <laughs> Guns with legs. True. That is true. PC players are pissed about the Epic Game Store exclusivity window. Yeah. yeah Six is, months. This is, Six months, yeah. This is the first yeah. one that has really, this is the first Epic exclusive that has really bummed me out. That you. Yeah. Metro Exodus didn't affect well, you. All those games, I, I prefer to play things on Steam because Steam is a more fully featured store, mm-hmm. but. You know, at the end of the day, you're playing the game, and when you're in the game in the moment, it's not going to really matter to you. And mm-hmm. that's kind of why the Epic stuff has always rolled off my back a little bit. This one bums me out because Steam does online multiplayer and connecting with friends and social stuff so, so, so well and mm-hmm. so much better than the Epic Store that I'm nervous it's going to be difficult to play with friends mm-hmm. on this. Mm-hmm. And who knows? They've got a lot of plans in the next six months, though. But yeah. Yeah. People are mad, that's for sure. Yeah, and I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't blame them. Um, all right, I have to read our sponsor message, so everybody be cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> this week's game scoop is sponsored by Hymns. No one wants to have clammy hands or a tight throat ever, but it's particularly annoying when you're about to make a devastating point about the state of Metroidvanias in an increasingly crowded battle royale world to your learned coworkers on your video game podcast. Speaking 100% hypothetically, it is the worst. Did you know that 27 million Americans have a fear of public speaking? Well, Hymns has teamed up with Science to create a wellness brand for men. Go to forhims.com to learn about options to treat the physical symptoms of glossophobia, the fear of public speaking, like a shaky voice, racing heartbeat, and the sweats. Forhims connects you to a doctor online who can evaluate you and, if appropriate, prescribe you a medication that could help your physical symptoms. Those medications can be delivered right to your door in discreet packaging. Take action at forhims.com and get back to telling the world what you really think. Now, Scoop listeners get a special offer from Hims. You can get started for just $10 right now at forhims.com slash scoop. That's F O R H I M S dot com slash scoop. Forhims.com slash scoop. See website for full details and safety information. It's a longer one. So, I'll throw it down a little bit. That's Adventure Island. Adventure Island. Classic. Man, <clears throat> so good. Adventure uh, Island 1 or 2. Love it. Let's share what we've been playing recently. Who would like to Who would like to share first? 
Me? Okay, I got um, I got. Yeah. Go. Uh, here's a weird one. I've been playing Shovel Knight for the first time. Ooh. Oh, wow. Um, oh. Yeah. You've been I, playing a lot of games for the first time recently. I have. <laughs> I played just this week. I've played Shovel Knight for the first time. I played Rage 1 for the first time. Oof. I played, I know, I, I've been going back to some stuff, better or worse. Uh, and then I also beat Bioshock for the first time this weekend. Nice. And that was really fun because I did not have it. Sp- I just wrote about this on the site, but I didn't have Bioshock spoiled for me. I had yeah, no idea what the, what the twist was, and I got to go through it fresh, and it was really, really cool. Well, nice, which man. website? Uh, IGN.com. <laughs> That's spelled I-G-N. Nice. Well, what's that stand for? Internet gaming doesn't stand for no, doesn't sure. stand for anything. In-game name. That's what I always thought IGN stood for. Actually, was in-game. Actually, name. yeah, it's a really common... not not like recently, yeah. but when I was younger. Like yeah. IGN is an acronym for in like the League of Legends community and other communities. Like, what's your IGN? Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Shovel Knight. First, first of all, yeah. what, what do you think? Uh, I'm liking it a lot. The end of the game is driving me bonkers. Mm. Because Just in its difficulty or no, in its use of insta-death spikes. Mm. I almost across the board think that insta-death spikes in any platformer where you have health is a bad idea. Mm. It just frustrates me. It does mm. not make the game any harder. It just makes me angrier at it. What uh, if it were a pit? Would that well, make that, it? That's the same. I've been dealing with those two. <laughs> okay. I just don't know if it'd be uh, easier for you to accept the, same effect. the idea of falling the same into effect. a pit. The idea of anything that can undermine the health that you've been building up across the game and all the ta- like the tactics mm-hmm. you've learned, and you'll just like, oh, you're dead, and you have to go back to the last checkpoint. I hate that. I mm. can, it drives me bonkers. <laughs> What's the matter, CJ? Because, I, Tom, I don't want to make an assessment on your age, but I'm already now mentally going, okay. He's never played Mega Man. <laughs> well, I, I know. I, I know about that's the Mega fair. Man stuff. I know. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I'm now guessing yeah. the, the age bracket <laughs> that you're in. But that's fine. It's that's, that's fair. It is definitely something now that game are when you go back and play them I agree with you stuff like that is frustrating and but. and to be fair for my age I'm not a Mega Man guy I'm a Mega Man X guy if that oh, gives that you dials go. it in yeah, for you yeah, as nice. a gamer that was born in the 80s I always <laughs> thought that uh, spikes would be a bigger problem in my life there's just spikes fucking everywhere in the I've never seen spikes in real life ever <laughs> or pits or pits <laughs> I uh, every once in a while there's a pit Walking down the street in San <laughs> yes. Francisco, you have to watch a storefront. Metal great, yeah. exactly, yeah. absolutely. But that's just my frustration. I am <laughs> loving Shovel Knight. It's weird because yeah. anybody who knows really me knows game. I'm a huge platformer fan, yeah. and this was a weird gap in my in my playing yeah. knowledge. And yeah. I'm just, I'm having a blast with it. I'm so glad I picked it back up. So what would you what would you have gravitated towards? And I guess you said you played Mega Man X before. Was that like the beginning of your platformer style games? Oh, like what would you have attributed? Because for me. It's like, so again, dating me, like huge fan of Commodore 64 and television, played so many of those games. And the basis of those games were, again, like a ninja guy and repeating enemies. You walked out of the frame. Oh, the guy's back. Oh, that same guy that you just killed 50 million times (laughs) threw you in a pit. (laughs) <laughs> or onto the spikes. Right. So is that uh, in your DNA? <laughs> a bit, but the games I grew up, the platformers I grew up on that made me really fall in love with the genre, like Super Mario World, yeah. Mega Man X was a huge one for me. Yeah. And then uh, the Kirby Kirby Superstar games. Yep. All the Kirby games were <laughs> some of my favorite, favorite games when I was a kid and still are. But yeah, yeah that's that's kind of where the, my platformer DNA comes in. Gotcha. Less frustrating in those years. Still frustrating. Yeah, and did you enjoy the twist in Bioshock? Uh, I think that is one of the best moments in a video game I've ever played. It's I on think... our list of the best video game moments. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is just—it was incredible. And I had only ever—and I'll, I'll try to avoid spoilers—but like I'd only ever heard 
the three words, right, that mm. sort of denote that twist. And that was all I like, love you. Yes, that one. <laughs> uh, and I'd, I'd only ever heard that. And it was so cool to avoid it. Mm. I literally walked up to Lucy O'Brien, our, our features editor, uh, last week and was like, Lucy, I have an idea for a story, but I don't want anyone to know. Because then it'll get around that we're talking <laughs> about this, and then it's going to get spoiled. And so I was like, way went underground for a week to beat the game. <laughs> it was fun though. It's, it's a good, awesome. it's a good game up to that point, and then it, yeah, then it. I agree. I don't know. I it goes off the rails. Bioshock's <laughs> one of my favorite games, but it is wild how like, like. People say, like, oh, the end of the game's not that good. I'm like, man, it's like the final, like, 35 to 40 percent of that game. <laughs> like, it's more than, like, just the final act. Like, I, I enjoyed the last couple hours. I know a lot of people don't. Oof. I enjoyed them. I thought they were weaker, but I enjoyed them. The end is really what is, like, what is going on. The end's very right? bad. But even all the stuff in the apartments is, like, not that great. And, uh. it's, it's definitely weaker. Yeah. And then rage is rage. I I'm not gonna play much more of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to familiarize myself before Rage Two comes out. Yeah. yeah. Are you doing the review on that one? No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. But it's just a a game I'm interested in going into more because I played it at QuakeCon a while back and I actually liked it. So. Yeah, I like. I think Rage, rage Two looks really cool. Yeah. Justin, what you got? Oh, you know I got something weird for yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lay it on us. Um, I, this is a game I was really into a couple of years ago and picked back up. I'm playing a mobile game called Gumballs and Dungeons. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> it remains one. one of the best. It's like one of the absolute best games on iOS and Android. G and D right now. <laughs> um, you played Dungeon right? Dungeon Yeah. Yeah, it's a take on Dungeon Lot. Okay. So you're descending down a dungeon, and then you're seeing tiles from a top-down perspective, and you flip those tiles over one by one, and they might have loot in them or an enemy you know, in them or something like that. But what's, it, what's it called again? Gumballs and Dungeons. Naturally. Um, but the thing about this one is it's got all kinds of stuff happening outside of that dungeon gameplay, too. Like, you know, you're building up an airship and exploring the skies and going to outer space and building, like, a little a little town. and like. Where do the gumballs come in? They're, they, they're called gumballs, but they're basically slimes. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And then you're collecting just hundreds and hundreds of slimes. Yeah. All of which you can take into the dungeon, and they all have different abilities and, like, different. So you take three of them with you as a t- at a time, and then uh, since you have a collection, I've, I think I have, like, 140 of them now. And they all have different special abilities and stuff. So you get to kind of choose your character build, like, who, how, what combination of slimes can get you deepest in the dungeon. Huh. Man, it Dumbbells is. and Dungeons. Is it free to play? It's free to oh, play, yeah. but it, it doesn't have a bunch <laughs> of garbage. CJ just in it. downloaded There we go. It's free to play, and there's like, if you were to make one like $9 purchase, that would carry you through probably like a year. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty good. How, how often do you purchase things for it? Uh, like, I, bought, I made that $9 purchase, and I'm set for, I think, it, it's got a little countdown. I think I'm set for, like, 320 days. <laughs> nice. I get, free, I get free premium currency every day now for months and months. Oh, that's cool. Hmm. Nice. Well, I said free, like I paid for it, but you yeah, get my I get what you're like, saying. I really wished you had been like, it'll set you for like a year with the nine dollars. CJ's like, how much you pay? And you're like, oh, like nine dollars yeah. a day, just <laughs> yeah. every well, day. I, pump well, it. I was wondering if there was an option to pay more. Which again, my wife plays a lot of phone mobile games. Mm. And no, like it's an expensive hobby. The but. problem with mobile games, <laughs> yeah. and I, I play all the mobile games, is that they've figured out. Like I've complained for years. I'm like. I would spend $10 on this game, but there's nothing worth buying for $10. Right. And the companies have figured out they don't give a shit about the people that are willing to give them $10. They want to get $10,000 from a very small group of players. Yes. Right? Yeah. And this game is one of the few that's actually like, it's very reasonable with like, I'll, if you give me this amount of money, I'm going to feel like I get my money's back worth and I don't feel like I'm not feeling nickel and dimed. That's cool. The, the more we hear about the the former the ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars from single people the more I appreciate 
Nintendo's tact on the their tactic on the entire thing. Oh yeah, where they actually asked the people who make Dragalia Lost to make mm-hmm. it less grindy, right? Mm-hmm. To make it cost less money. Dial it back. And that it's... game's still grindy as hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so CJ, you're going to be playing. Uh, gumballs and dungeons. Absolutely, you downloaded it <laughs> just, real just time. After this. But uh, what what have you been playing? So, um, what is the proper pronunciation? Can we actually figure this out? Sekiro, Sekiro. I've heard it said about twenty I mean, different. I'm, ways, but... I'm not weighing into this. Fight. Okay, yeah. What is the official name <laughs> of I mean, the game? The, I I think the Japanese pronunciation would be Sekiro. Okay. So, I would go with something like that. That would sound weird. I think if I approached someone who was like, "Oh, Sekiro." Well, <laughs> but what what is Sekiro? Yeah, it's fine. okay. We, so we get we get you. We, we know what you're saying. You yeah, are playing that. I'm You're playing, playing Shadows game. Die Shadows Twice. Shadows Twice Die Twice. <laughs> I I have died way more than twice, <laughs> um, and it was one of those things where the longer I played it and realized I was just destroying everybody with Dragon Rot, I figured out that that's bad. Yeah, <laughs> and then. The, but the bosses, you have to replay them over and over and over again. And I was like, okay, well, if I reheal myself. So it's a really good game. Mm-hmm. Love the gameplay. Love the mechanics. The more I invest into it, the more I understand what's actually happening in the environment and the world. And yeah, I'm really enjoying it. So why do you think I don't I don't play these games? Yeah. Um, I don't like them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have to feel like I need to clarify. Tell me how you really well. feel. No, I just like, I, everyone's like, now nah, Bloodborne, that's going to be the one. Yeah. If you didn't yeah. like Dark Souls, fine, I play a Bloodborne. And I'm like, no. Oh, I was fooled again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, that like, was me. That was me. I mean, I feel like I'm seeing way more chatter and discussion around difficulty. And yes. Is it too hard? And you know, yada yada around this one than I ever heard around Bloodborne and Dark Souls. That this is way harder. Right? No, I don't know. I just I feel like it's a lot more of a discussion this time yeah. around. Like, uh, well, so I mean, the weird thing is, I didn't actually play Dark Souls, and the reason why I was saying last week that I didn't is because just the feeling of those games never felt super tactile to me. Like, I'm mm-hmm. a very big gameplay guy, yeah. and again, no insult to Dark. Dark Souls. I understand the appeal of those games, and, and, yeah. and that game was very well done. Your stupid games, yeah. yeah but <laughs> <laughs> Justin, not so tactful. But uh, with this game, the mobility, the movement, the mm. fluidity, the interaction with the environment, doing all those things, the mechanics, the boss battles, the variation of your actual abilities and your progression, and all the rest of that stuff. It, it's it is difficult. If you came from my generation where you're used to uh, <laughs> getting d- destroyed by pits and spikes and this and that and everything, there is that in the 3D space where it is about challenging and discovery. And if you get locked at a position while you go exploring and you find another avenue or different opportunity or different cave and, and, and there's just something to do that it's very, like it's very well done. And, and it's been a long time where I felt like that. Well, God of War, absolutely. Mm. But, uh, and I'm not comparing that to this because I still think God of War is a better game. It's pretty good. Like it's really, really good. And, and and I don't really gravitate towards a lot of these games either. But mm-hmm. there's something about and the story as well too. The progression, the feeling of the game, the story, yeah, it's just it's just really well done. I've and, been playing at last what? thing. Can I show you this photo? Last yeah, thing. Yeah, so yeah, that yeah. was one. And then this I uh, queued up What is this? California <laughs> Games. Oh, okay. There that is go. the post screen <laughs> you have the score here? of Footbag. Okay. I accomplished <laughs> every single one of them on my first try. Footbag? That's the hardest one. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. Validation. It's it is not impossible. I even did the Axel Foley, the Jester, the Dota, the reverse Dota. <laughs> did them all. I got the bonus. <laughs> Everyone. Then I got my kids to play, and I was like, yeah, you take a try at it. They got one out of two, and I was like, yeah, get get wrecked. 
<laughs> You're gonna be clinging on to this for years exactly. as they continue destroying like, you. Hey, yeah. They've got oh, Fortnite, yeah. you've they, got California games. They own, they own me in Fortnite. I can't compete. But yeah, I, I go down this little retro train often of playing old oh, yeah. school NES games. And yeah, we were playing California games on the weekend. I was like, look guys, it's the Golden Gate Bridge. It's in the back of the yeah. footbed level. And they're <laughs> yeah. like, that's where we live, Dad. I'm like, I know, man. This is an American dream. <laughs> as a Canadian young kid of a frozen icy wastes of Canada. <laughs> I made it. Anyways, yeah, it was fun. Um, <laughs> sorry. No, it's okay. I've been playing Dungeon Warfare 2, mm, which nice. is the sequel to Dungeon Warfare. Oh, yeah, you told me about there that. Which is a pixelated tower defense game. And it was released on Steam in 2015. A couple years later, came to iOS, where I played it on iPad. And now the sequel's out, and it's awesome. Oh, wait. I, maybe I did play Dungeon Warfare. Is mm-hmm. that the one where you lay a lot of traps, yeah. and then they get destroyed in interesting, crazy ways? Yeah. You, there's like... Like, they, they get smushed into yep. the wall there can and be all a, that. There can be like a press that'll push yeah. them off a ledge. Yeah. I said, like I, this, could, I said I didn't remember that game, yeah. but I did. Mm-hmm. There's a big hook that can shoot out from a wall yeah. and pull them over, like, into water or in, off, off a ledge and it was more into like fire. like comedic and silly. Yeah. Yeah, it's really fun. It's really, there's like lots to unlock. Lots of different traps to unlock and skill points to upgrade everything. And just as, I love tower defense games, and this is a really, really well done one. So it's nice. like five bucks, no in-app purchases, no free-to-play nonsense in there. Just go. Dungeon Warfare 2, out now on iOS. Already out on Steam. Um, let's check in with the listeners. Hey, oh, listeners. Listeners, remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Greg in Castro Valley, California. Mm. Hello. <clears throat> he says, with the arrival of spring and the smell of sunshine and daisies and pollen-induced asthma attacks in the air, <laughs> I have a nature-related question for the Scoop crew. What are your biggest wild li- wildlife pet peeves in video games? I'm a PH student in ornithology. I've spent my entire adult life working outdoors with all manner of species, mostly birds. When I get home from the field and turn on my video game console of choice, I can't help but be wrenched out of the experience by the many examples of nonsensical ecology. <laughs> Bird song being, compl- uh, being entirely absent at sunrise, wolves and sharks always being aggressive, deer being active in the middle of the day. Do you ever feel yourselves put off by such unnatural nature? <laughs> Man. Any I'll, answer I feel is yeah. going to be wrong. I'll tell you what I'm put <laughs> off by. I'm put off by those fucking Wildcats and Assassin's Creed Odyssey. <laughs> if you, like the Medusa or, or any of that, stuff, or the boars, like the wild uh, boars, like which, Jesus. Dude. Sorry, spoilers on the Medusa thing, but like <laughs> Cyclops is no problem. None yeah. of that stuff's any problem. It's those cats. Yeah. Did you land on that cat island that's in the south? No, wow, that's dude. Awesome. No, <laughs> no, don't go there. It's like because it's like, that's what that game's all about. Uh, I'm like, oh, what's on this island? And I get off and was just instantly swarmed and mauled by a collection of large cats. Uh, are, are the cats like yeah, proportionately larger than your character? No, or are like, they accurate? It's like a lynx, like you know, okay. like, a, like a real wild cat. Yeah, uh, no, I hate fighting <laughs> animals in video games. They, I think the aggression of all wildlife animals is really turned up because you, yes. you know, otherwise it's it's another activity for you to do in the game, right? Otherwise, they're just yeah, what, what you the never hawks? see them. The hawks in Far Cry Four. Where yeah. you would just be walking along yeah. with no warning, it would just yeah. deck you. So it's funny you say Far Cry. I did the IGN first and was previewing Far Cry, and that game is notorious for its wildlife. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many times we did a wildlife montage of something <laughs> that just randomly appears out of nowhere and then you're destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely, yeah. My, uh, 
Oh, go ahead, please. No, I was going to say, uh, Shadows Die Twice has abnormally large oh. animals. Well, yeah, like the everywhere. roosters in that game the are ridiculous. The roosters are enormous. They're like the most dangerous thing in the game. And it's crazy. You walk by them at some point in time. I was just going to mention yeah. the roosters. So have you played that game enough to confront them or you didn't play yeah, it? I did. Yeah, I got my, they kicked my ass. Yes. <laughs> so you're walking along and, and, and it's it's kind of one of these weird things where you don't really notice them. They almost blend into the environment and then all of a sudden you the thing yep. <laughs> is flying at you and it's unproportionately large. It's like it is a mutant. Yeah, it like, like stands eye to eye with you. <laughs> exactly, and you're like, what? What is happening? But then most of the other elements in the game are the same thing. Like the horse boss and this like flaming bull. They're all like 50 million times yeah. bigger than you. It's like your character is like one quarter of yeah. the actual size that it yeah, should it's be. Big animals. Big animals. Get over it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know if Get I define good. that as wildlife. Wild. Is that, is that na- yeah. natural? It's wild. I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> in regards to the original question on ecology, there's definitely some games that seem to make more effort to make their place feel not realistic, because even in like fantasy games, but like it makes sense. It mm-hmm. all fits together in yeah. a way that like, oh, this eats that, and these trees are here, and like, okay. Whereas other games just like don't bother. You're just going through a video gamey space. Yeah. Uh, a, a weird pet peeve in terms of ecology and wildlife I have is. Anything with fishing, it drives me crazy that you can run through the water and make all this noise and splash around and then immediately start fishing and there's just fish right where you were and yeah. they're not scared by you at all. Cast and go. But also the thing that stump, uh, jumps out to me is the invulnerability of trees in any mm. driving game. Yeah. Like GTA Five, you can drive through light posts, you can drive through power lines, you can drive <laughs> through you know phone booths, anything, and the second you hit... A like sapling, it's your car explodes, right? It's it's made of adamantium. <laughs> There's also like concrete bushes. Like yeah, yeah. Bushes are just uh, like, don't, don't for do some that. reason plants in nature are indestructible in driving yeah, games. They're like children. Uh, I was just I'm yeah. thinking of a Simpsons sketch where Homer Simpson hits a chestnut tree. I'm yeah. sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> Samson, Homer yeah. Samson. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, Greg in Castro Valley says, thank you for all that you do. I've been listening since 2010, and I hope to continue laughing with you for years to come. It's about time for Video Game 20 Questions, but first, oh. GameScoop is also sponsored by Robinhood this week. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Plus, there is no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data, and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections, such as 100 Most Popular. With Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of Gamescoop a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at gamescoop.robinhood.com. And that brings us to video game 20 questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Tiz in Tallahassee, Florida. Let the questioning begin. Who's leading the way? Definitely not me. No? All right. Well, I'm in honor of Sam. going to ask the optical disc-based medium question right off the bat. Was this on an optical disc-based medium? Um, That wouldn't have been the primary... Hmm. I mean, this, but when this was released, they probably were still selling this on optical 
medium. medium. Is this a 16-bit game? No. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think about where that I, – I, like I can't parse where that sets it then. It's 90s. like 90s. Okay. Somewhere. Mm, is this a Japanese-made game? No. Okay. Mm. Yeah, that was. I was going to ask a Nintendo question. Uh, not that it couldn't still be. Um, hmm. Is yeah. I don't know. The, those two things conflict with both questions <laughs> I want to ask. Um, well, I feel like we should just ask a console. It feels like it could be like an N sixty four or a. Hey man, you do whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sam guides me very well. Yeah. Uh, I believe in you. I do the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> You're on your own. Uh, would this be on a Nintendo platform? <laughs> uh, sorry. Oh, I don't want to ask. I know, I'm trying to keep it generic, so I don't need... I don't know. Would it? <laughs> uh, is it? Is it? Is it on the Nintendo 64? Hold on. Yeah. No, I, I may as well just break it up. <laughs> It's not 16-bit. We already know that. And it's probably going to be so, on an optical medium. If, if yeah. we eliminate the N64, let's just do that. Okay. This is on an N64. So I said at the time of this release, yes, this was, I know. was probably available in optical media, and yes. you still want to ask that question? Well, because I feel like if it's the 90s, it it's going to be then Wii or Wii U, probably. Okay. Was this on N64? No. Okay. But you said an optical media wouldn't be like the primary optical right. way to play it. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't think it's that stupid to ask about it. No, I, 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 I'm trying to just limit it because the, the only other. It, first of all, I didn't say it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Your tone of voice kind of did. It's just, N64 is not, it's a cartridge medium. Yeah. I, I still don't. I don't yeah. no, I'm fine. confused. You and I are not connecting right now. <laughs> optical media would be on a disc. Yeah, yeah, but you said a disc is not the way that Primary. this game would have been primarily concerned. So why but if for is an N64 game, there wouldn't be optical at all. Well, I'm so, assuming so it was the, a multi-platform game. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was trying that's, to That was my assumption it. as well. Because then I was like, okay, we eliminate Nintendo, then there's only... Well, you've eliminated two. Nintendo 64. And, and the Sega Genesis and the SNES. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, and we know it was not made in Japan. Mm -hmm. Is this a handheld game? Is this primarily considered a handheld game? No. That's five. It's probably a PC game. Mm. Could be. But would it be if that's the then it's optical? Maybe medium. we're thinking too early. I mean, it's not 16-bit. So then cause, cause, you eliminate Super Nintendo, yeah, 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 all that yeah. stuff? We could be thinking way too early because maybe it's like a digital game. Or a mobile game. Right. Maybe it's That then maybe also it's came Birds. out on discs. Maybe it's Angry Birds Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it came out on PS4. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, you could, yeah, you could. Although it's not a handheld game, which eliminates mobile games. Oh, right. Oh, uh, yeah. For the most part. Okay, 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 okay. Man. Ask if it's a PC game. But isn't that kind of broad? Whatever. I don't know. Then ask All right. Is, is it a PC game? <laughs> yes. Okay. There you go. Well, that's something. We yeah. got a yes. <laughs> but it wasn't primarily released in, like in an optical fashion at first, which is... That must mean it's like a digital game. Yeah, which means not necessarily in the 90s. Yeah. Or it's old enough that it came on, <clears throat> you know, it's like Doom 2. You know, like a well, re-release. Like re this is going to show my age, too. Is Does floppy disk count as optical disk? Yeah. 
It's a good question because it's, it's, it's qualified. I don't. No one knows what's happening inside of that copy. <laughs> there's, there's, there's some sort of like, there's some sort of thing sliding open. And I don't know what's I inside there. The is that optical? Was magnetic tape. I think it is. Yeah. I think optical means a laser. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So far. Yeah, but are lasers reading like three and a half inch floppies? No, I don't think it's so. magnetic base. Yeah, I but think that, Damon's sigh tells us yeah. all we need to know. Well, but that's what I mean. I, I like Damon's body language. It's the reason why I, yeah, I you <laughs> like you like what you see. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Um, we're at seven questions or uh, six right. questions. So yeah. PC, we're doing great. Uh, I think we're okay though because the only thing I'm thinking now um, was yeah. this game originally released to be like downloaded and played over the internet like did you download this game over the internet when it first came out yes okay but like so, i was so it's, but like i was saying i bet this was also available on a disc for people that wanted well that. but the reason i asked that is because it not being primarily played on optical media either means it was too early for those yeah. or, or it was late. considered yeah. like a digital game yeah. and so now we know it's not like doom 2 that released on six floppy discs right yeah. it's got to be probably more modern more than contemporary that. uh okay. is this a first person shooter no Okay, mm-hmm. so eliminating a bunch of those. Platformer. Yeah, it was Star Wars. That. <laughs> <laughs> You're just saying words. <laughs> Hamburger. <laughs> no, I'm trying. Right to think, I'm trying to think of now like other other type of uh, games in right, that right, space right, right, that right, were really right. popular that somebody would potentially ask or role playing game, right? It's like Pillars yeah, of Eternity RPG. or something like that. Yeah, or RTS. RTS is also really big in that uh, in that era. Was this game made in the last 10 years? No. Oh, yeah. This is the worst. (laughs) That cuts out a lot of that, right? It cuts out pillars. It cuts out anything like Steam-based. So it was a a game that was downloaded and played on your computer, but before 2009. Yeah. But then, like, probably after. It's not 16-bit, so it's after 2000. It's a 2000s game. Yeah, 2000, 2010. 2009. Unreal maybe. Unreal Tournament? It's not, it's not a shooter, though. <laughs> it's not a shooter. No, not but for down, a shooter. I was thinking maybe like a Flash game or something. Could it even be as weird as that? No, Damon wouldn't do that. Yeah, I was going to say, P- he would not So Baldur's Gate and stuff is, is like too early, and Pillars of Eternity and stuff is too late. Mm-hmm. It's not a shooter. Mm-hmm. Could be a platformer it's, or it's a racer. Even, or... It's even like, even like StarCraft and stuff is too... Eh, it could be like World of Warcraft. Could be like an MMO. So I mean, Star- World of Warcraft had like twelve discs. It, when <laughs> that it, was very disc based when it first launched. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's that the game type I think is the next question. Either platformer, RTS, or something like that. But is this a genre that is uh, like primarily associated with PC gaming? Is this like a PC gaming game genre that this game is? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so, 10 So questions. it's not a platformer. So it's not a platformer. Yeah. I would say it's probably a MMO, RPG. RTS or Sim. RTS. Right. Could, could be yeah. the Sims. Yeah. I feel like that also is disc-based, though, yeah. right? You're right. Mm, I mean, I'm, there was a lot of those is games. This a, for, is this a strategy game? Um, is this a real-time strategy game? There are, are RTS elements in this game. Hmm. Hmm. Could be, could be Dota. But I wouldn't say that's like... It's primary. If you could, it's probably not its primary genre, but there are elements of that. In okay, 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 okay. Is this game primarily considered a multiplayer game? No. What? Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, would this be potentially considered a sim-like game? Yes. Okay, so like maybe Civilization, SimCity, um, that era. Yeah, the problem with Civ... 
And it's not primarily I mean, multiplayer. Now I'm like metagaming, but Damon doesn't typically do like, it's Civ 4. Like generally right, right. it gives us a little bit of a... <laughs> but like that would be the era, right? Yeah, I mean, if it's not multiplayer, to me that eliminates you called it, tons. It was a sim, right? Yes. Uh, primarily, I mean, Civ has multiplayer, but yeah. like primarily single player. Exactly, godlike, top down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is this a... Uh, what? Is, is Tom cheating? Yeah. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 sorry. Is this, <laughs> is this Tom would, just pulling his phone and then would people describe this as like a, is this a peaceful game? Um, I get what you're I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say. There are definitely like moments of action and violence. So like, I would consider a game where you're building any kind of theme park or house or city a peaceful game. <laughs> then I would say. No, no, it's not a peaceful. Game. Not entirely. There are okay. certainly. It's not. It's not like. It's not like uh, <laughs> full on action. Yeah. Okay. But there are moments of combat. Could be black and white. Could be you know. Because uh, hang on, Ooh, yeah. Civil, civilization, Sim Park, Sim City. Yeah, it's not uh, any of those. It's not any of those. So what other games could we say black. out loud? Black and white. And then ask the hack question. Uh, <laughs> or. Uh, when did Spore come out? Yeah, it could be Spore. When did that come out, though? No one knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it probably that it predate. Like, I joined IGN in 2011, and it was obviously a few years before that. So, could be Spore. What about was Lord of the Rings? Uh, was it Lord of the Rings? No, I know. I'm trying. I'm trying to think what else was like a, not a. Oh yeah, I guess no. Cause Tower defense I describe as not peaceful. Hmm. Um. But. but do you do you does this game have different time periods that you sort of play your way through? Uh, hmm. I think so, but let's just let's leave that a freebie because I don't really I don't actually know. Right. I think so, but I can't say for sure. Have we asked and said enough games to ask the hack? No. No. <laughs> do you play as a god? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yes. I think this might be black and white. Well, yeah. I have actually an idea, too. I think so. I'm going to give you a freebie, too. Oh, not one, too. (laughs) I think the idea of that is yes, but I I, I can't say for 100% certainty. So that's a freebie. Still at 14 questions. Oh, man. I think I have an idea, but I don't want to say it. Wow. (laughs) Uh, Say what you think it could be so we can ask the hack Well, the the thing that might fit in is something like Darwinia, which is an introversion game made in the UK. It's a strategy game. It has moments of action. You are a god, but it is not like... You're not a god. I thought you were fighting computer viruses in that game. Right. Like, mm. you know, it's... I thought that was like a hack, hacker game. I don't know, man. It, that, that, that feels like the borderline of Simi and all those things. But... Do, was this game developed in Europe? No. Oh, okay. That's not 15. Dar- not Darwinia, not black and white. <laughs> where the boss do we, where music. do we stand? <laughs> 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 What's happening? Wait, wait, 15 questions. Wait, wait. Where do we stand on Brexit in terms of is the UK Europe? How do we define UK? That's a genuine, like, I don't I, like that. That's very stressful. <laughs> you got five questions to go. That's right. It's a new feature. Maybe it's time for your hat question. What is it? I can't hear it. What is this music from? Uh, I think it's also Shining Force. Okay. You can ask the hat question. Wait, uh, wait, wait. I actually, this is not a question I'm asking. Is is the UK considered Europe and is a part of that <laughs> question? It's still a part of Europe today. Okay, okay, okay. okay. I'm just trying to figure it out. Have we mentioned this game yet? Yes. Okay, so, so it's but, potentially that Spore. I think or, it's probably Spore. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with that. Lean into a few more Was Spore Was this game questions? developed by uh, 
by well, I know a whole team of people making. Is this game primarily associated with Will Wright? Yes. Is this more? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, 2008. 2008. Max is barely there. What's up? Barely on the date cutoff there. What do you oh, mean? Yeah. oh, yeah, for the 10, ten years. years. Yeah. 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 So I would imagine you could still walk into a Best Buy and buy that game in a box yeah. in 2008, I would probably guess. Yeah. Um, I would, I, are you a god in that game? No. You're like create, I know you create your own sort of yeah, like creature. Mode. You're yeah. not but really a god. Okay. Yeah. The thing that You're a god in the same way you're a god in The Sims, which I is think, like, it's not really that. Yeah. I think most people probably did play that game on an optical. I think you were probably buying a mm. DVD. Not, not downloading it? No. They weren't not, ready for that yet? Not 2008. Hmm. Yeah. See, um, and I would say that you absolutely go through time periods in that game. That's, see, I don't. I, I that's, never, the, that's the game's whole conceit. Yeah, I never you know, played that game. You start as a single-celled organism, and then you're like on land, and then you have a civilization, and then you go into space. Hmm. Yeah, I was. So the N64 question, and <laughs> and then the PC was to. It was a fifty-fifty on that. I typically you don't usually pick PC questions. It's the reason why I go. Oh, let's go with the yeah. N64 right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. I really, I really like Spore. That game is so hated. Yeah. Really. Is, it, is it hated? Yeah. It was well received at the time. Yeah. Well, I think we gave it like an A5. Yeah, but it was one of those things where like there was a definitely a critical disconnect mm. b- between what what critics thought and what audiences thought. Mm. I don't know. That game isn't widely like well regarded now. Yeah. It's the notorious yeah, one that but. one of the earlier notorious games for promising more than it delivered. Yeah. But yeah, I, I maintain the first two that there's five generations of that game, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's five different games basically back to back. The first two are really fun. The middle two are kind of whatever, and then the final one or space exploration like rules like flat out rules the 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 cellular yeah the first and last one are really good yeah and then the second one is when you're on foot uh, the fourth one is the one that's sort of like a civ clone yeah what's the third one the third one is that but smaller it's like you're doing like tribal like rts oh, stuff yeah the tribal so one's pretty dumb yeah and then it, and then it evolves <laughs> to cities where you're doing yeah. it on a planet scale and the city and one's not that great either. both of those are really weak but the the space stuff in the the pac-man first version is really really fun yep What's the spore that they made for DS? Uh, they made like a dungeon crawly spinoff. Yeah, right? I never played. I don't remember what it's called though. Yeah, I don't know. Either. The creature creator they also spun off as a thing in that rule. Creature creator is so good. The tech in that is amazing. Still yeah. to this day. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? So you would make a creature in that game, and then it would save a screenshot of your creature as a PNG, and that PNG was your creature. <laughs> like the metadata, like it stored data inside the JPEG. That then you could give that JPEG to somebody else, and then they would have the creature inside that game. Still, th- eleven cool. years later, that technology is amazing. And oh, how many dick monsters were shared! Oh yeah, <laughs> naturally, yeah. The only kind of monster there was the internet. <laughs> I would love to go back and look at the the sharing mode for Spore oh, today, Can and you see how much, like how crazy it's gotten. Can you play Spore today? Is that yeah. still like it's online? So. It's I think the servers wow. are still the like. Somewhere out there. Procedural animation was so, so ahead was of its amazing. time. Yeah. Everything about, I, I don't know. I Man, I might download and play some sport. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. I just played California games. Yeah. That yeah. was <laughs> featured yeah. in the last episode. Um, lots of dick monsters in that game, oh, too. Oh, absolutely. Uh, what? Thank you for the suggestion, <laughs> Tiz in Tallahassee, Florida. If you guys have your own uh, 20 question suggestions, email them to me at gamescoop.ign.com. That is all the scoops we have for this week. We'll try to get back to filming uh, next week. Gotta remember to hit record on the camera. <laughs> uh, but thank you, Tom. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, CJ. Thanks, man. My name is Damon. This is IGN Game Soup. And we're out. <laughs>